if they're going to prioritize their pleasure over your health and well-being and preferences, that is not gonna be exclusive to the bedroom. It's gonna show up in every lane of life, whether you're parenting, whether you're literally choosing what to do on a particular evening or weekend or date, it will trickle into every lane. You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi. What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years. Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi, and I have my love, my king, my sex warrior. (laughs) Wow, sex warrior. What is going on, everybody? This is Chase. I don't know if you can tell. I don't know if you'll be able to tell. But I'm a little extra raspy today. Well, I think it's kind of on, it's it's in line with today's uh, topic yeah. of the episode. It's kind of like a deep, raspy, sexy voice. Right. So it may sound like I've been smoking a pack a day for, you know, 40 years. It may sound like Mufasa or Darth Vader. Um, but really what happened is I went to uh, the health hell and back over the, over the weekend. And for whatever reason, just uh, got drop kicked into a uh, kind of a slew of fever aches body chills and then completely lost my voice yeah um a quick one it was about 48 hours yeah it was a quick turnaround and so i definitely caught a bug i thought it could have been covid got got a couple of tests both of which were negative but um turned the corner and really i'm back to about 100 percent I'd say 199% uh, energy. <laughs> minus the voice. Minus the voice. Feeling amazing. So it's literally just my voice. Maybe this is just your voice now. Hmm. What do you think? That'd be a bummer because I've been, pra- you know, I've been singing, uh, <laughs> which I often do. I just love to love to sing around the house. And I'd be bummed if this was it because I'd have a lot of work to do to get back to some level of normal <laughs> singing voice. Like in, in key or on 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 key in on key, key singing in key yeah i don't know yeah so uh, i'm good though yep um back and thankful to all of the things that we do in our life to support immunity to support quick recovery when we when these things happen to us because yeah. it's not that you can avoid ever getting sick no it's not that you can avoid ever getting injured or having bouts of um mental fatigue or maybe even depression and, and these types of things come into your life it's part of the human experience <laughs> it is and, and it's about handling them when they do yeah and not letting them take you down uh-huh you and, and really like I, I we are blessed because we have a stacked medicine cabinet of all these things that not only help keep us healthy most of the time but also when we are feeling under the weather i feel like we have uh, just a cornucopia of yeah. health supplements that we're like okay what would help here what would help here what does my body need what is what is my body asking for right now and we're able to oftentimes just open the cabinet door and and figure it out um yeah i feel really really blessed that we are aligned with so many wonderful brands that help 
keep us healthy and get us back to health when we're, when we're not feeling it. Mm, definitely. Yes. Yeah. I've got a super fun episode uh, today. It's been a while since we've talked about sex. The S word. And we haven't talked about it a ton. Yeah. It's not because we don't like it. We, we love it. Love it. <laughs> we love sex. And it is crazy important. Yes. In life, in relationship, yeah. in your own being uh-huh. like literally nature is sex life is creation mm-hmm. and con- the continuation of this life force energy all comes from the act of yeah something sexual it's kind of it, it, it's strange and i don't know if we've talked about this before on the on the medicine but certainly you and i have talked about it just in our conversations sex is one of those things that's it's everywhere it's like on carl's juniors commercials yet it's hush hush and taboo like at the dinner table like you're not going to bring up sex with your parents um or you know in certain circles it's really inappropriate to talk about sex yet it's plastered Mm -hmm. everywhere on commercials in movies i mean it's just everywhere it's it's this it's this thing that's everywhere and nowhere and somehow taboo yet you're supposed to be like amazing at it but only talk about it with certain people it's just it's it's a confusing topic it's really confusing our world is is trying to sexualize pretty much everything but then deny the fact that they're doing it yeah i mean men and women have constantly been trying to make themselves this is throughout you know human history more sexually attractive, mm-hmm. appealing, desirable, yet are offended or uh, insulted when people <laughs> take those efforts yeah. literally yeah. as if they're oh, trying sure. to be sexed yeah. and then they're offended <gasps> by it. How dare you? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, it is a confusing topic and hopefully, um, you know, our conversation today can clear up a little bit. We're going to be talking about red flags in intimacy and sex and it's a jam-packed topic and conversation um i'm 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 really excited about it actually because um this is just the tip of the iceberg in the conversation the larger conversations that we're going to keep having on the medicine because it is so important especially you know in in the realm or in the lane of conscious relationships you can't get around talking about and becoming more comfortable talking about sex no matter how you grew up whether you grew up in a great household that gave you great sex ed or like us where it was completely taboo and we had to figure it out somehow uh you know magically uh not from our parents or school or anything like that but really like basically when you get married you'll just learn about it all when you get married it's right. fine. It'll work out. It's in the Bible. There's a couple of verses about it. <laughs> Song, of, Song of Solomon. God will bless your marriage if you, you know, stay a virgin until you're married or whatever. Right. Um, so, yeah, big, big topic. And yeah. Tip of the iceberg today. It is literally just exploring what some of these sex red flags look like in our world. Mm-hmm. And that's in relationship with dating or whether you've been with someone for a thousand years. <laughs> it is just looking at sexual Things that come up in interaction, in conversation, that could be indicative of something Mm -hmm. worse, something that needs attention, something that is a red flag. So we'll get into it all. It's a way to sort of jump into this topic and start mapping out unhealthy Mm -hmm. versions of sex and how we can start to 
transform that into something that is yeah. beneficial for relationship. It's like, it's like, you know, physical health. You're never like done. You're never right. there. You're never like, well, I'm healthy. I'm good to go for the rest of my life. I think sex is the same way where it's like, there's always room for improvement and, um, deeper connection and, you know, uh, connecting with your partner on a deeper level in this lane of sex. So we're going to keep talking about it. And, but first, but first, but first I want to hear from you, my love, what is in your cup today? Oh, what is in my cup today? I hinted at it. I talked about it to start the episode. As I've recovered from this whirlwind of a health journey over the last couple of days, I have been taking a ton of our immune intelligence, immune intel AHCC product. Holler. Holler. And I have been uh, taking about six capsules a day. And so... That's about 4.5 grams. About four and a half grams. And I've been... I'll I'll, t- I'll take them with water or something, but but more enjoyable is to open the capsules up and drop them into a beverage. Mm-hmm. Um, what that's looking like for me is I've been stacking that with Organifi Immunity, and so that is a delicious. Um, it's like an orange flavored drink. It's got uh, beta glucans from other mushrooms in it. Um, it's got vitamin D, vitamin C, and so by dropping a little HCC, this this immune superpower. Uh, into an immune drink have been kind of like my rescue boat through uh, the last couple of days of, of immune challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's what's in my cup. That's what I've been thoroughly enjoying. Obviously, HCC, Immune Intel, is our product, and you can find that um, on our website. Uh, and by no means do you have to wait till you're sick mm-hmm. to take it. Yeah. It is an incredible product to take on a maintenance dose level, you know, two to four capsules a day. And then it's never a bad idea to, to do, do a little bit of a sprint, like a, like a heavy lift where you um, look to amplify that immune support, even if you're not sick. Mm-hmm. So I, I love to take four to five capsules for three or four days in a row, even if I'm not feeling anything, just to sort of reintroduce this, this heavier lift for uh for my immune system yeah that's a question that i get a lot is is ahcc only for people who have like systemic conditions like hpv or lyme or cancer or whatever and i'm like no oh my gosh it's it's this it's one of like two supplements that i take every single day without fail because i want that immune intelligence every single day and so for healthy people what it's doing is it's keeping your body keeping uh your immune system at um, a peak level. So not, not necessarily like boosted, but it's, it's giving you that peak immune intelligence. So it's not that you're never going to get sick again, but like in your case, you got sick and it was a really fast turnaround minus your voice. You're still working on the vocal cords, but your energy levels and your just ability to function, um, is greatly improved because you were taking the AHCC, which is shortening that duration of you actually being sick yeah. on your ass. So, so huge shout out to HCC, huge shout out to Organifi as always making this thing a delicious experience. Uh, with Organifi Immunity. You can find that at OrganifiShop.com. Mimi Fit code for a 20% discount. And I, although it's not in my cup today, I do, while we're on this topic, quickly have to give a ton of love to Ned because through this process, I had about five days in a row of just 
amazing sleep. Mm-hmm. Eight plus hours of sleep a night that really helped me get through this. Yeah. And that was through the use of uh, Ned's sleep hemp tincture combined with Ned's magnesium. Mm-hmm. And so I'm taking that before I go to bed and sleeping like a baby, not groggy, deep sleep. I'm dreaming beautifully. I'm waking up feeling restored. And for someone who is always, always looking to find better sleeping support, mm-hmm. Ned has literally been the savior here. So yeah. much love. Yep. The the Ned sleep blend and then the uh, magnesium is called Mellow. So if Mellow. you're looking on their website, um, look for Mellow. And they just came out with a really wonderful new flavor. It's Meyer Lemon. And I literally just drank it 10 minutes ago for the first time. It is so good. It's sort of like... Um, an unsweetened lemonade. So mm. if you're if you're a lemon flavor or if you're a lemon lover, um, check out their new flavor. And you can use the code Medicine for a hefty discount. And those uh, the, all of those products that we just talked about are on our medicine cabinet. Um, you can check the show notes for that link. That's like our digital cachet of all of the products that we use and love on a daily basis. So if you ever forget a code or what was that product they were talking about, go to the medicine cabinet. Yep. Getmemefit.com forward slash the medicine cabinet. Boom. All right, my love. Now I want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. What do you got going on in your cup today? In my cup, I have a lovely golden king elixir and what that is is a combination of my king coffee everybody knows i i drink every day and and love king coffee that's the reishi spore coffee and i added about a half a scoop of organifi gold so this is my way of adding flavor to my king coffee without adding a bunch of like sugary shit so Organifi, I think, has less than one gram of sugar, and it has the flavor of like, kind of like marshmallowy vanilla cupcake. Yeah. So if you like anything in that realm, and you're used to going to like Starbucks and getting like a gingerbread latte, or you know, even just like a vanilla something, try like a third of a scoop to a half a scoop of gold blended into your king coffee, or if you're still drinking regular coffee, you can blend it into that. Um, but you should really check out King Coffee. <laughs> um, so that's what I do every day. I'm using one of the golds, the chocolate gold, the pumpkin spice gold, or the regular gold to um, to add flavor to my King Coffee without all the sugary garbage. So if you have not tried that yet, highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's not only delicious, but it's also adding more wonderful adaptogens and superfoods to your coffee and to your body um, in a delicious way. So definitely check that out. It's also on the medicine cabinet, or you can go to OrganifiShop.com and use the code MimiFit, always 20% off. If you have any questions about that or King Coffee, my DMs are always open. You can always hit one of us up if you have specific questions. Mm, I love gold so much. It's so good. Like, It's always the top two products that I tell people, hey, I'm new to Organifi. Where do you, what should I start with? I always like, no matter what, I'm like, you got to get gold. And then let's talk about what your other like goals are for your health. And it's then a, it it's a unicorn it. product. It really is. It is. I've never tasted anything like it. All right. Jumping into the good stuff. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about you. you and me. So again, what we're doing here is we are looking at, I think we have nine different mm-hmm. 
sex red flags that can come up in relationship. We've done this and we've set this up in a way that that is hopefully applicable to every type of relationship. The yeah. first, all the way from the first date to the long time committed partnership, whether that's marriage or just just committed sacred union. Or maybe you're like ex-husband and wife and you're back together. Right. One of those <laughs> like very us. common situations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but getting into this, I think there's just a couple things to, to lay the foundation on. D- disclaimers, if you will. Disclaimers, if you will. I think the first would be that there's a, we're going to be talking about general themes. These aren't necessarily specific, literal yeah. examples of red flags. Rather, they're just themes. We also want to let everybody know that it always depends on the context. It always depends on the set and setting as far as how you approach and how you respond to these types of moments surfacing in your life. Yeah. This is not a green light to go out and, and tell somebody to fuck off and elicit a really hostile environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are, I mean, we're, we're doing our best to speak to themes that could be red flags. We're going to try to give, you know, uh, examples, but they're definitely, it's not like an exhaustive list. And so we are also empowering you to practice good judgment in all of these situations. And we'll obviously, once we get into the red flags and examples, um, we'll speak to that a little bit more in detail and in depth, but just kind of a general disclaimer, like you're going to have to use your good judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's do it. Red flag. Number one, refusing or avoiding the topic of sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, this really, like we just said, this could be just when you're starting out, when you're first starting to date and you know, you've been on six dates and the topic of sex hasn't come up once and, and, or maybe you've brought it up and they shy away from it. Or the only context you talk about is like crude jokes or this could also come up as, you know, maybe uh, you've been married for a few years and you've tried to bring up the topic of sex or going deeper in your sexual experience together. And you can get the sense that your partner is avoiding it, you know, shying away from it or is just completely uncomfortable talking about it. Yeah, I think oftentimes this turns into like sex being taboo mm-hmm. in any conversation. I think this is so seen in kind of like traditional homes and and uh, seen in like Christian culture a lot is that we just don't talk about sex. Um, I think if it shows up in dating, like it's, it's avoided for, it could be avoided for a couple reasons. It could be avoided maybe because um, of a traumatic past. Um, it could be avoided because of discomfort or a lack of understanding or knowledge on what sex is. So maybe you came out of something like the Christian church and sex was always taboo or demonized. You try to avoid it because it's uncomfortable. You don't know much about it. And so when we say, again, red flag, this doesn't mean you should, you know, turn around and leave this person immediately. Mm -hmm. Rather just take note that this is an indication that there may be something deeper. Yeah. And so as you observe the avoidance of a sexual conversation, Why this is a red flag is because if this individual who you are either starting to court or have been with for some time is not able to speak comfortably about sex, 
how are they going to physically open yeah. to allow a sexual connection with you at some point? It really just doesn't, it doesn't exude when someone is not able to have a, an open, honest, mature conversation around the topic of sex. It doesn't exude that they are comfortable and confident in their own body and in their own experience of life which can be kind of hard to navigate as the other person. If you are there and you're like, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, it, it just, it, it feels like a disconnect and it doesn't, it doesn't give you a lot of confidence in moving forward in the relationship because <laughs> as we've already established, sex is like the blood of the relationship. When you've just started to date someone and you have great chemistry and the sex energy just flows, you may not feel like you need to talk about sex a lot. Like things are just flowing, but eventually there will be a situation where you do want to and need to talk about something, a disconnect in some way. And if you haven't laid that foundation of openness and honesty in this area of sex, it's going to be very, very uncomfortable and you're already in the relationship and it's it's going to be even more of a disconnect. Yeah, it's really critical to lay that type of uh, foundation for open conversation uh, early and often. And mm -hmm. and it's not too late to, to start layering those in, those patterns in as the relationship matures. But if, if sex is the topic and you're avoiding it, sex being a critical piece to what successful relationships look like, it's likely an indicator that other topics of importance could potentially yeah. be avoided as well. Maybe that's finances. Maybe that's the way to raise a kid. Maybe that's mm -hmm. your opinion or your version of connection with spirituality or, or God or religion, politics. I mean, it's holistic. Mm -hmm. If you're avoiding challenging conversations or topics that are uncomfortable, it's going to trickle in other areas of your life as well. Yeah. It, it, when you do talk about it, it's, it's, it really gives your partner, um, confidence in your emotional maturity. So we also want to talk about how to approach it. You know, we're not going to talk about specific examples and how to approach every single situation, but kind of just in general, if you are in a dating relationship and you haven't started, you haven't had any sort of sexual conversation or, or approaching this topic, um, you know, saying it in a way where uh, maybe you're at dinner or you're on a date and you're in a moment of calm and you're in a balanced state, starting the conversation with something like, hey, can I share something private with you? And like almost framing it in a way of like an invitation, like you're asking for like permission to start talking about something that is a little deeper and heavier. Um, or, hey, can I, can I ask you an important question that we haven't talked about yet? Or, yeah, I know we've been, you know, dating for th three months now and um, I really want to talk about X, Y, Z or this is really important to me with anyone that I'm, you know, sharing a relationship or in a relationship with. So even just having little phrases like that where you're able to invite your partner into the conversation with you rather than just, oh, we haven't talked about sex at all, but like you just come out of the gate hot and you're like, so how many times a week do you like to have sex? Yeah. Or like, you know, or, that can like making, catch them off guard. Or you're, you're sensing that there's discomfort with the conversation of sex, the topic of it. So you start making like innuendos and, and you start almost like sexualizing things just to kind of like poke and prod yeah. to, to elicit a response yeah. instead of handing it, handling it with maturity. Yeah. That can also be 
that can also be weird. Um, so with this, there is um, a tool that we're going to mention a couple times um, in this episode, and it's, it's because it's such a great resource. It's called the Want, Will, Won't list. And this is from um, Alexa Martinez. She was on, well, actually her last name is Bowditch now because she just got married, but she was on episode number 33. I think it's called the sex episode. Um, And she describes this really fun and interactive way to talk about um, things that you uh, sexual things, you know, that you want to do, things that you would be willing to do if your partner wanted it, and things that you won't do, things that really like, you're like, mm, I don't really want to go there. So this is like an exhaustive list. Like <laughs> when we were going through it, you're absolutely going to laugh at some of these things because there was things on there, one, that I had never heard of. I had no idea that people actually liked that, you know, like farting stuff and peeing stuff and pooping stuff like you're like oh okay wow that's a that's an option I had no idea and it's sort of like it's almost like this buffer to talk about this topic in a really fun and um, engaging and entertaining way so it's it's you're able to go through it with your partner and it's um, it's a really great way to have this conversation and uh, also have some laughs with it. Um, if you want that, I will definitely put another link in the show notes, but definitely go back and listen to the whole episode number 33 with Alexa. Not only does she talk about this resource, but she also has a lot of other great sex advice in that episode. Definitely a good like sex icebreaker. Yes, absolutely. All right. Red flag number two. Mm-hmm. Oh God, this is this is such such a red flag. But they make fun of or speak negatively about your body. Mm. <sighs> Happens way too often. This and this can look like a bunch of different things. But yeah. oftentimes, uh, I feel like you see or hear about guys making comments mm-hmm. around a woman's body. Yeah, that can be something like. You know, you you'd be a ten if you had bigger boobs. Yeah. Um, oh God. So or bad. you know, your friend looks a particular way. I wonder if you can talk to them about what they're doing to look that particular yeah. way. Or if it's coming from the woman, like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you get harder? Yeah. Or like, <laughs> or making comments about like dad bod yeah. or something. Like, there's a million of these types of of uh, kind of like direct ways uh-huh. of sort of making fun of or speaking negatively about your body. I think it can also happen indirectly too. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, around the holidays, buying a Christmas present for somebody that's about losing weight or Mm -hmm. about getting into the gym and this kind of, this attempt to nudge them into getting into better shape or, or letting them know that you're not happy with the way that they physically appear. Yeah. This is a red flag. (laughs) It should not be allowed you should not be able to you should not have to put up with this yeah and this is an objectification of your body and and a lack of seeing deeply mm-hmm. into uh the depths of your soul yeah absolutely and this really like it, it can come from a, a place of insecurity from the person giving it like if somebody's making fun of or poking fun at your body or saying something like yeah, I usually only date women uh, who have big boobs and they kind of like nudge you or like imply that like, but I'm dating you and you don't. Like it can be indirect that way. 
um, it could, it, it's most likely rooted in, in some really harsh attitude they have towards themselves or uh, a huge insecurity where they're, they, you know, feel better about themselves and their insecurities by pointing out flaws in other people. Yeah. So this is, this is likely a sign as we know, most criticism, especially like in relationship is an externalization of something that they have an insecurity about, like you're speaking to. It's a sign that they probably don't have confidence in their own body and expect this from you. Yeah. If this is the energy they're giving off with clothes on, yeah. <laughs> what are they going to do in the act of intimacy when you're having sex with them? Mm-hmm. Or good luck feeling loved and cherished and held when you're naked if they're objectifying you and making these comments when you have clothes on. Totally. So so as far as like how to respond or, or how you approach these types of circumstances, man, if this is happening early in a relationship or a dating relationship, that's a red flag. And then this is a case where I would say like, don't stick around. <laughs> I mean, this Tell if this happened, <laughs> this happened to me as someone that I was dating, I, I would be gone. Like yeah. it would be like, nope, that is not even something that like we have a conversation about. Like, you know, when you said that, it really hurt my feelings. Like, that's that's something that they need to work on and they need to heal in themselves and uh, they need to figure out how to treat other people with respect and empathy because speaking from the woman's point of view if dude guy says something even directly or indirectly about you you know speaking to a deeper sexual experience for a woman to actually experience deep levels of pleasure and orgasm she has to feel safe and free and relaxed in her body And speaking from experience, if you are constantly thinking about like, oh no, I know they don't like my small boobs or my cellulite or this or that, you're not going to be thinking about, you're not going to be connecting with your pleasure. You're going to be constantly thinking about what are they thinking of me? And that is a horrible place to be. So if if this is a place where you're just dating the person, like do yourself a favor and use that good information and maybe find yeah. someone who, who has more empathy and respect. Hey beauty, I'm interrupting this podcast to talk to you about one of my biggest passions in the world. That is how each one of us can create healthy, deep, passionate partnership. How to take your relationship from mediocre to magical. Most of us just weren't given the right tools, but my love, I'm here to tell you it's possible. If Chase and I can transform a dead, divorced marriage into something beautiful and fulfilling, anyone can, including you. I'm so excited to tell you that coming in February is my Deep Love Live experience. This is an eight-week transformational course that will shake off the stagnation in your relationship, deliver new tools for healthy communication, and develop passionate partnership that makes your heart swell and your knees weak. Basically, I built the course that I myself needed years ago that would have brought the spark back and completely transformed my marriage. If you're ready to experience the magic of deep love with me, then snag your spot on my waitlist. From here, you'll have the opportunity to receive the early bird pricing in February. Just check the show notes for the direct link or my link tree on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. I'm going deep and I'd love for you to join me. Cheers, boo.
and if and if you're in a relationship and you have been for a while, it might take some Zen practice. It might take some really really conscious thought. Um, but if you are intending to keep this relationship and patch these types of challenges, something that we talk about often is identifying the thing behind the thing. Mm -hmm. So if you can, and, and all support if you can't, <laughs> but if you can sitting for a moment and questioning, is there a thing behind the thing? And then even something as simple as using this type of language will be supportive. I'm going to give you a minute to identify whether you actually meant that because if you did that really hurts yeah god i feel that from you and I, <laughs> you're just giving me an example but like that's a really great way to to get someone's attention like you really that really really stung and that was completely unnecessary or the best version of you that i love would not say that to me yeah and so something even that even if that is like a like a, whoa, person can't take the joke seriously or can't take the joke as a joke. It's not a freaking joke when it comes to some of these no. topics. They're, they're deep. So Yeah, and I would say one more to add to that from the woman's perspective. You can simply say something like, wow, ouch, that really freaking stuff. Yeah, silence is, is oftentimes more of, a, more of a feedback than if you were to respond in, an, in a snarky, sarcastic, or yeah. hostile way. Yeah, it, saying something like, wow, ouch, and really meaning it and making eye contact with them is going to land better. It's going to make more of an impact than saying like, well, you have a small penis, right. or, you know, yeah, like totally. just throwing another arrow or a bomb back at them. Um, that's not going to get you anywhere. Right. It's going to feel good for a second. But then after that, there's no resolution. There's there's no way to, there's no growth from that. Totally. All, All right. right. We're on number three. Number three, red flag. This one, they use pressure, shame, or guilt to get you to have sex or doing a sexual act you may not be comfortable with yet. So this could be trying to rope you into uh, watching porn together, mm -hmm. uh, having a threesome, you know, trying anal sex or yeah. uh, just something that you may not necessarily be comfortable with mm -hmm. yet or at all. And it could be, again, it could be overt, something like, come on, let's just do it. We'll get drunk first. Right. <laughs> or it could be like, what? I can't believe you haven't done blank. Like, we have to do that. Yeah. And I think this happens often. It may not be direct, like, I am ready to tie you up with chains and get a whip. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Like, it may not be that direct. It may be more grooming. And this is the one where it gets kind of manipulative. It's like, hey, such and such friends or you know people that we know about do this yeah. um, or they, they they just slowly start exposing more of this type of content into your life yeah. as if they're trying to kind of like groom you to get comfortable enough with it to try yeah or just even just like floating it out there in like a joke or in a in a nonchalant conversation to get to to get a read on how you would respond to it right. if you're like what sick no then you're like no i was just joking i was just joking or if you seem interested um so they could be trying to like remove some of your defenses just to get a read on you yes yeah, so this is a red flag i think pretty obviously but in any critical relationship attribute or topic if you're having to coerce manipulate mm -hmm. or pressure your significant other into getting them to do something that is not a sustainable building block for no. a long-term healthy 
relationship, especially when it's sex. Mm -hmm. This thing we've already talked about as being critical component to what deep connection and long-term relationships are going to be. Yeah, nothing about sex or intimacy should feel coercive or shame-inducing. That is a recipe for trauma that you're going to have to heal later. Yep. So It, It also builds a habit of if you allow it, it's a feedback loop for the significant other that they can do this in other lanes yeah. and they can do it at the next sexual thing. Mm-hmm. This is the starting point for what a traumatic sexual experience could look like. Yeah. Even if you get to the point where you're like, oh, okay, 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 fine, let's do it. But you're not open to it and you experience this sexual preference in a way that is almost forced. That is literal recipe for yeah. trauma. And part of that is on you to yeah. to really be clear with your messaging and your your you know, you could say something like, I know you've brought this up a few times and I don't I don't I don't feel ready for that. I don't feel like it's something that um, I'm particularly wanting to try at this point. I'm not saying that I never will, but at this point it doesn't sound great to me. And, you know, we can continue the conversation or, you know, this is a good time to go through the want, will, won't list because maybe you just need to get on the same page with, you shouldn't shame the person, be like, oh, sick, you're gross. Or like, no, that's horrible. Shame is never the answer in all of these, um, you know, red flags that we're going to talk about. The approach should never be shame, rather just like, okay, hmm, calm conversation and like, okay, well, what if we did this instead? What if we, I have this, you know, fun list that we can go through and like, let's get on the same page with some of them. Like maybe there's some overlap with things that we do want to try. Totally. Because I know that like, especially for married couples or people who have been together for a long time, there's, there's going to become there, probably uh, a point where you, you want to spice things up a little mm-hmm. bit. And it, sometimes that can, be a, that can be an awkward conversation. So having something like this resource is a fun way to p- throw things out there and see where your partner's at. Totally. Yep. All right. Red flag number four. They are not willing to show non-sexual affection Mm, this is a simple one but but a flag that's not often looked at like simple things not wanting to hold hands Mm -hmm. not wanting to hug or kiss outside of the bedroom Mm -hmm. um not wanting to even express with your words how much you love and adore someone Mm -hmm. uh because it feels too mushy Mm-hmm. And I, I will say kind of disclaimer, if you're casually dating someone and you're having like, say like transactional sex where you know that you're, you're both like seeing other people, I wouldn't expect this. I wouldn't expect them to have wonderful, uh, you know, PDA and be super comfortable with holding your hand and kissing you and hugging you in public or even just outside the bedroom. If you, if you've set up this like foundation of transactional sex, I wouldn't expect that. But if you're in a long-term relationship or, you know, you're exclusively dating, or if you're married for sure, um, you should be able to express affection through physical touch and have it be received by your partner. Um, so, so, so why it's a red flag yeah. is literally because it is an act of transactional sex relationship. Yeah. And so if you're not looking for that, if you're not looking for one night stands or friends with benefits, 
this is an indication that your partner is viewing your sex life and your relationship with a transactional nature. Mm -hmm. Sex in relationship, in deep connection and sacred union is all day, baby. (laughs) It's all fucking day. If you've not heard us talk about that, where we say, you know, we talk about sex is all day. And of course, we don't mean the actual intercourse. The act of intercourse is all day. That'd be pretty wild. It's I'm penetrating you with my eyes. I'm, I'm, I'm whispering in your ear that I freaking love you yeah. and that I'm excited for dinner tonight. Like it's, it's simple things like that, that are the sexual yin and yang, the Mm -hmm. masculine and the feminine, the, the, the alpha and the omega, this, this beautiful dance of polarity that takes place energetically. That's the foreplay baby. Mm -hmm. And then you get into the bedroom and you hit intercourse and that's the climax. Yeah. It really is like this dance of polarity that we talk about all the time, but it's, it's being aware, like I can come up to you in the middle of our work day and touch you or kiss you or just like grab you or hug you or, or say something like in your ear or like grab your ass and tell you, you look sexy or something Mm -hmm. like that. And you're kind of dancing in and out of this, like this sexual playfulness all day. And then it's like, okay, we're back to work. But then we're kind of priming or we're greasing the wheels for whenever we do have sex next, we don't feel completely disconnected. Yeah. So this is, this could be a definite red flag to say, get the hell out of there. This could be the archetype of the fuck boy that we've talked about in previous episodes. And you're going to want to stay very, very clear. Or it could be that indication light that we're talking about. This could be something deeper. This could be trauma. This could be a, this could be something that they have buried deep inside of themselves that you can now help heal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This could be a catalyst for growth and it, it could be something that brings you guys even closer together. Like, you know, this, a, a sort of benign example could be maybe you just have completely different love languages mm-hmm. and your man really does love you or your, your woman. Like, you know that y- you really love each other and you want to love each other better, but maybe they just literally don't know that your top love language is physical touch or it's high up there. Maybe that's on the bottom for them. Yeah. Maybe there's this acts of service and gift giving and, physical touch is like, meh, I I could take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. So in this case, you could um, suggest taking the love languages test. There's a quiz online. You can literally just Google it and present it to your partner. Like, Hey, I found this quiz and I think it'd be really cool for us to take together. I really, you know, I'm committed to loving you better and loving you in the best way possible. And I, I think this would be a fun thing for us to do. Even if you already know that yours is physical touch, taking this together can provide him the information so that he can love you better. Yeah. This reminds me too of our, our, I think it was our episode hundred. Uh, we titled it, are you awake yet? No BS breakdown of conscious living to get the relationship you desire. That we, we go through a step of identifying and finding consciousness in relationship. And this, that step, that process can be really helpful for a red flag or an indicator light around sex like this, because it may be something as simple as adjusting love languages. Mm -hmm. It may be something as simple as just becoming conscious of the things that are coming up in your relationship and choosing a different path to express your love and affection. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Love it. So good. Okay. Number five. Oh, this one. (laughs) God, they refuse to wear a condom or they pressure you into taking something like hormonal birth control or like, Hey, let's just, uh, you know, the old, the old raw dog, the, the old pullout method. This is a red flag for a million reasons. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's pretty self-explanatory. But again, it's like 
nothing in your sexual relationship, nothing in your sort of like relationship in general should feel like this coercion, Mm -hmm. should feel like this, I'm going to groom you into this thing that I want to do. You know, it's the classic, like, just the tip. You yeah, know, it's oh like, my God. Come on, just the tip. It's, <laughs> it's just fuckboy. It's in the fuckboy memo. Fuckboy energy like, all over the place. It's the fuckboy manual includes <laughs> just the tip and you don't need to wear a condom. We don't need to label this. Right. Gee, many <laughs> Christmas. Um, um, yes, I agree. Nothing in relationship should be coercive. This This includes... You know, I think that this is a common thing for a guy to be like, wait, oh, so you're not on birth control? Like, just, yeah, just get on birth control. And they could just not know the negative side effects. And if you're choosing to not be on hormonal birth control because it's a health decision for you, and they, dude guy just doesn't know that there's negative side effects that literally affect the brain chemistry, um, what I would do, how I would, I would approach this is, Listen first, you listen to episode number 99 with Barry on Barry, where we talk about hormonal birth control and having these types of conversations and letting your partner in on the, on, um, really the ins and outs of hormonal birth control. Cause I think a lot of guys and maybe a lot of women too, they just think that it's like this magic pill that prevents you from getting pregnant. And, um, there's a lot more to it. So you yeah. can actually send that to your partner if you want them to understand better why you're making this health decision and then dude guy could be like oh my gosh i had no idea yeah let's talk about this let's talk about other options that's great and and if they're going to prioritize their pleasure over your health and well-being and preferences that is not going to be exclusive to the bedroom right it's going to show up in every lane of life whether you're parenting whether you're literally choosing what to do on a particular evening or weekend or date it will trickle into every lane and i don't want to just completely shit on guys here because this can happen in the other direction as well there there is um and i have seen it um and witnessed it a theme of coercion from the feminine or or from from women into um having sexual acts without protection uh, or with this kind of mystery i am on the pill it's fine uh without some sort of like confirmation in order to like trap somebody in a relationship mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not saying this is the majority obviously but I know it happens yeah um, I, I've seen it with with people who um, have wealth or maybe in I have, I have friends who are athletes and who are quite prominent and they they have shared this coercion into a sexual act um, for the purposes of of the other individual's own desires for safety or keeping them in their relationship mm-hmm. um, by, by sort of like manipulating birth control or lack thereof. Yeah, totally. I mean, just coercion in general should should never be a part of any relationship that you are wanting to be conscious and healthy. Go read Harry Potter. Go figure out how Lord Voldemort's parents got together. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with that? Never, lo- mean- never use a love potion. Right. Yes, exactly. All right. Number six, red flag. And this kind of plays perfectly into what we were just talking about. Maybe they're not concerned with your pleasure at all. As in, they never check in with you about how the sexual experience was for them. Uh Uh-uh, young fella. Uh -uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh-uh. Yeah, this this is really bad. This is like, you know, if, and it can go either way. If you're, partner 
if you've had sex multiple times and you've never had the conversation of, hey, how did it feel for you? Mm -hmm. Like, just checking in, like, tell me where you're at. How did it feel? How was it? Um, That's a definite red flag. Yeah. If they're not interested in your pleasure, they won't be interested in your life. Yes. If they're not interested in how they can be a show up better for you, yeah. they won't in, in the bedroom, they won't care about showing up for you as a spouse, uh, as a father, as a contributor to the life that you're creating together. Mm-hmm. So these indications are holistic, just like everything else. And this, not unlike uh, a couple um, that we were talking about earlier, is indication that they view this relationship as transactional Mm -hmm. this is sex this is for me this is for my body and my pleasure or yeah that also and they might think like well if something was wrong she should just say it she should just tell me or he he should tell me right this this doesn't go just i mean i think what often can happen is is a guy uses a woman's body to literally just like masturbate you know (laughs) to just just masturbating with a body just have sex and never check in but this can even happen like you know a man can even have an orgasm, um, but have it not necessarily have been this kind of like really enjoyable connection. And so really important too, to just, it doesn't have to be like, did you come or not? Yeah. It can be what felt good for you. Yeah. What, what, what could feel better? What, what do you want more of? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great way to phrase it is yeah. Uh, and coming from someone who, who wants to share, you know, what I would love more of, you can use that phrase if you're talking about it, instead of saying like, I don't like when you do this. I like when you do this. You can say like, yeah, when you did this, I would love more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really, um, because anytime you're talking about sex and what someone does or doesn't do, it's really hard to avoid any little sting. Totally. Like if, I mean, we've been together, what, we 16 years. And if something comes up between us, like if you were to tell me like, yeah, I don't like when you do that, I, <laughs> there would be a little sting. And so it's really hard to avoid. So you're just mitigating that feeling of like, huh, okay, shoot, bummer. I thought you liked that. Hey, Boo Thing. If you're anything like me, you would rather receive a text than an email. The last thing I want to do at the end of a long workday is read more emails. You feel me? Introducing an addition to the medicine that is going to be perfect for you if you are the type of person who prefers a short and to the point nugget of wisdom more than reading a long blog post type email. We wanted a more personal way to reach our loyal listeners and medicine tribe. So now you can actually send and receive texts directly to me. Here's what you can expect from my regular text nuggets insights directly from me for personal development and self-care, favorite tips, tricks, and products I'm loving for my body and mind, tools to go deeper into your relationships and elevate your connection with your partner. Plus, you'll get first dibs on any promotions, inventory announcements, new partnerships we create, and so much more. If you want in on this goodness, text your full name to 619 two six eight five two nine nine to sign up again six one nine two six eight five two nine nine i can't wait to be text friends with you cheers and love 
So maybe not right after sex. No. But but what we've talked about so often um, is the check-in. Yeah. And I'll, I'll mention it briefly here because we've talked about in other episodes and we plan to do more of a deeper dive. Uh, one, in your course that's coming out in February. Yep. Um, but two, uh, we'll, we'll probably do like an episode short on it at some point. But setting yourself up for an opportunity to have a really, really deep and intentional conversation through the form of the Mm check-in where each significant other takes turns sharing one, something that they are doing well, something that the partner is doing well, and then the other person does the same. Mm -hmm. And then circling back, something that they believe that they can do more of or do better or work on Mm -hmm. and something that they need more of could do more of could work on and then vice versa i know it the language is like confusing around it 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 gets sort of confusing the point is there's a structure for how to have these types of really meaningful conversations and this is the perfect type of scenario to bring that up Important to do it in a state of balance. So mm-hmm. maybe not right after sex. Maybe not after a long, hard work day. Yeah. Maybe not when you're feeling sick. Mm-hmm. But when you are balanced. Yes. And like you said, we're, we're going to go into a deeper description. We've described it on other podcasts. Um, but we are going to have an episode that goes a little deeper into the actual structure and giving you guys examples. But like you said, this is one of those uh, instances where it would fit nicely into a check-in where both people are balanced. You and I did one literally two nights ago. We do it frequently, you know, maybe once a quarter, once every other month, just to check in and, and make sure that things are, things are good. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we never did in part one. And honestly, I think if we would have had just this one tool of the check-in, I think it honestly could have saved our marriage. Wow. <laughs> I don't, I don't not believe it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, hard to know for sure, but that's how powerful it is. And that's, um, how important it is to use in your, in your relationship, especially yeah. for, for going deep. Because the, the language around the check-in is sort of confusing, check the show notes. I'm going to have a very uh, brief layout kind of description of how the check-in goes. And then at a later date, um, you know, look for us describing the check-in in detail. And like you said, also, I am including it in my course, my women's course that's coming in February because it is that powerful of a tool. All right. Number seven, red flag which is, oh, this one is so, there's so much to say on this one. (sighs) Porn taking priority over physical connection. Yeah, this is very prevalent and common in our world today. Has been for quite some time. Yeah. Um, I encourage everybody to go check out Nicole, the holistic psychologist. Uh, She has been doing some really, really great posts and content around where pornography exists in relationship and in life in general and how it can be toxic yeah um it's a dicey subject it's a crazy subject and it's one that needs a lot of empathy mm-hmm. and a lot of sympathy because pornography for many especially men is like cocaine yeah it, it is addicting as fuck and it is junk food to <laughs> the sexual function of your body yeah. mind and spirit it's it's i obviously i'm not a man i can't i can't speak from experience but it is like any other addiction it feels like there is no choice 
it feels like you're being pulled into it and that it's not just a flip of a switch. I think right. for, you know, speaking for women, I think that's sometimes hard for us to understand because it's like, well, literally just don't look it up. Just right. don't watch it. Just don't buy it. Just don't X, Y, Z. And like any other addiction, it's not that simple. Right. And, and so this obviously can show up in relationship and mm-hmm. this can be, um, the significant other or the person does it in secret. It can be trying to, again, coerce you into making it a part of the relationship. Trying to convince you that it's normal. Everyone does it. And and regardless of the addictive quality and addictive nature of it, because someone, I've seen it literally in committed, loving relationships where there's two individuals who are committed to this thing to eternity still have a challenge with pornography. But forgetting the, the addiction element to all of this, if you as... A partner in relationship are seeing that your significant other is choosing the porn over physical connection. It's a clear communication that they're prioritizing their own needs, their own flesh desires over the connection and the deep spiritual bonding that can take place through actual literal intercourse. Yeah. There's a lot of different situations and there's no way that we could speak to all of them here. Um, I will say that I feel like there is this stigma in our society that if you're not okay with porn, if it's just like, you know, this is kind of a hard no for me, um, or maybe you've been in a relationship in the past where porn was a huge deal and there was addiction. And so any, you know, future relationships, you're like, nope, this is a hard no for me. It's going to, it's not going to be involved in our relationship because you're aware of the negative side effects. You can sort of be like viewed as like a prude, you know, or like, oh, come on. Uh, you, you just don't know. And it, it's just using the, the logic that everyone does it or it's normal or like, come on, it's fine. Everyone does it is sort of like saying, you don't like eating fast food? Come on, it's normal. Everyone does it. Mm-hmm. Just because it's been normalized does not mean it's healthy. Yep. And it doesn't mean that you have to change your beliefs or your value system just because there's a lot of people that use it or look at it or whatever. That doesn't make it, it, it right or, or healthy. Yeah. And a lot in the sex uh, space, especially in the relationship sex space, there is content and believers in pornography being uh, a staple or valuable piece to uh, sparking intimacy and can be done in a healthy way. Um, so while I do believe that I've never experienced that in my own life and I have never actually seen it in people that I know, yeah. uh, in, in their lives or their relationships, it's kind of like, can cocaine be used recreationally and casually without getting addicted? Sure. Or have it, you know, have negative side effects. Sure. I, I'm sure it does. It's a crazy, insane drug, um, that can make you feel really great. I personally and in my relationship do not choose to have a cocaine like element to my intimacy it's a very slippery slope yeah and so it takes i think a really conscious not only individual but couple to be able to use it in a way that's somehow adding to their relationship versus taking away or being or degrading the relationship in some way yeah so how to approach this again because of the nature of this thing like a drug don't try to shame the significant other, yeah. but it is a moment to, to have real deep conversation and connection. Going back to the check-in, I think this is another example, another perfect spot for 
when to have a check-in. I'm going to take a quick um, sidestep and mention preemptively to a check-in or any sort of deep conversation, finding balance is key. Yeah. And I'm just going to share with, with everybody how I sort of find balance or, or figure out if I'm in balance because it's hard to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's literally just kind of like looking at my environment. Where's my energy? Do I feel like I can work out? Do I feel like I have enough energy to go for a long walk or, you know, you know, maybe be active? Yeah. That's a good sign that I'm, that I'm balanced. My energy levels are in a good spot. Do I find myself, um, in the moment? Like maybe I'm really in my own, uh, creative thoughts. Maybe I'm, um, processing things in my life in that current moment at a pretty like high rate. And I'm not thinking about the future or telling myself a story from the past. I'm present. So that's another indication that I'm balanced. Um, maybe I'm, I'm not off of a long work day. Maybe I have slept good the night before. So I'm physically in a good spot. You're not emotionally charged. Finding like three or four data points that suggest you're balanced before going into one of these conversations, critically important. Yes, absolutely. We can go back. Caveat for all of these. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like you said, um, shame is not going to help anything. You're not going to shame your partner out of an addiction. So I think empathy and non-judgment and understanding, but also at the same time, being able to express your feelings about it. If this is the woman speaking, being able to really be honest about how the porn addiction or the preference makes you feel what does it bring up for you in your body what experience are you having in your body like you know when this is happening it makes me feel xyz what i feel coming up for me is xyz keeping it within your experience and then this is where you're going to have to use good judgment because like if you're dating and dude guy just totally disregards what you have to say and he doesn't seem like at all that he's willing to budge or change or grow in any any way shape or form that's really good information for you to maybe decide if this is the relationship for you or not. If you are in a long-term relationship or married, you're committed to this person. Maybe they do express interest in changing. It's something that you guys can work on and and get through together. And it could be something that actually makes your relationship stronger in the long run. Somehow you can, you can get past this uh, and use it as a catalyst to go deeper. Obviously it takes buy-in from the, the person with the preference or addiction, but you can get there. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. All right. Two more. Number eight, partner blaming you for their lack of pleasure. So <laughs> I think a classic on this one is like, you're you're not doing it right. Yeah. Uh, just let me do it. Yeah. Or. That's totally defeating. <laughs> totally. And it's kind of going back to another one where, where we're talking about. Um, shaming somebody's yeah. body. This is this is projecting your own insecurity out on somebody else and trying to manipulate the situation as if nothing was your fault. This clunky, dysfunctional sexual experience is all their their problem, and they should yeah. be they should know how to please you. Yeah, you're completely projecting. This is a red flag. Why? This is classic narcissism. Mm-hmm. Add this one to the fuckboy handbook, <laughs> the fuckboy manual. But this is classic narcissism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, although, you know, both people are involved in each other's pleasure, you're not responsible for my pleasure and I'm not responsible for no. your pleasure. I love to be able to add to it, but it takes buy-in. It takes um, understanding where I'm at mentally and emotionally. Like, am I able to show up for sex right now? 
Um, and it also takes communication. It takes dialogue. It takes me giving you feedback. It takes us being in conversation and dialogue about these things for us to be able to know what do you love? What do you don't love? Like yeah. that's why these conversations are so critical. It's your responsibility to let your partner know, yeah, I love that. And you know, I, not so much. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it, in a certain severity, it's definitely a, I'm going to turn and get the F out of this situation. Or it could be an opportunity to use something like the want, will, won't list mm -hmm. and go through what preferences you actually have for your own pleasure. I think too, um, you know, if you're having, you know, you're sitting down at dinner and you're in a balanced state and you, you want to, um, get to the good stuff and you want to talk about sex more, starting with, um, a fun sort of question, like what turns you on the most? Like, mm. what could I, what do I do? What, what could I do? What in general just drives you crazy? What do you love? Like having those fun types of conversations, it doesn't have to be like super, checklist oriented like it can be fun and engaging mm -hmm. and and just like expressing curiosity for your partner um it can be a, that can be a really fun way to get to know them more and their preferences and and what they love definitely all right last one here that we're going to talk about today if if your partner is shaming you for your sexual energy or your desire that is a huge red flag huge red flag and a huge bummer Seriously. Because nothing more fun than being in a relationship and having that kind of sexy, flirtatious vibe. Yeah. Oh, and I love so it. I think this can often look like, you know, you could be out in public and maybe uh the guy comes up and, and kinda, you know, grabs his girl's ass and just says, Oh, you're looking sexy or you're looking hot. Yeah. And she kind of like gives him the cold shoulder, oh. uh completely emasculates him and kind of kills that that really um boyish buzz about yeah. kind of being attracted to their partner uh this this can also happen if you know let's say dude guy comes home and uh his his significant other is feeling sexy and she's wearing lingerie maybe she's got a bathrobe on and she's uh you know he comes in the door and she's flaunting it flaunting some titties you know <laughs> and, and and dude guy is like you know what are you? Some kind of, you know, stripper. Nympho. Nymphomaniac. <laughs> and um, it can just completely ruin uh, what is a very genuine and authentic expression of sexuality. Or even if he's like, if he walks in the door from, from work in that specific example, and he's like, ugh, not now. I'm so tired. Yeah. And not not to say that he, he shouldn't be able to express that, but it could it could come out a lot better and more conscious than like, ugh, no, I'm tired. Or like, have you showered even? You oh, know, God. Co comments like, like that can really buzz kill this whole thing. Now there's a, there's an inappropriate version of this too. Sure. There's, there's the version where dude guy completely objectifies his significant other and slaps her on the ass in public. Like she's a, yeah, you know, like sex toy, sex toy. Um, that's not what we're necessarily talking about here. We're talking about shutting down this really fun, flirtatious, sexual, um, prompt. Yeah. That is just a complete buzzkill and it really doesn't promote safety and freedom in relationship. Um, if you've ever been shut down and you've presented yourself to your partner and then been shut down, it's like it, it really does not make you ever want to try again. Totally. It's really, really um, hurtful. Now, 
That doesn't mean that every time your partner advances, you have to say yes and engage in sex. There is a, a better way to go about like sharing where you're at. And like, you know, I need a few minutes or, or like, here's how I'm feeling. Like you can share that without hurting the person. Right. So yeah, like how to approach this in a, in a balanced state would be opening up the conversation to get on the same page of expectation and ideals for things like frequency. Yeah. Maybe dude guy is wanting sex five times a week and dude girl is wanting sex five times a month. Right. There's some disconnect there and, and it needs to be talked about where it's like where your expectations are at. Otherwise, both people are, he's probably not going to be satisfied and she may feel like, objectified or taken advantage of or like assaulted because it's like, holy crap, are you like a sex addict? Right. And if there's moments of where this feels sprung upon to either you or your partner, and that's the feedback that you're getting, try a little bit of, um, grooming, try a little bit of like, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling kind of fucking sexy. Do you, <laughs> you want to like think about getting it on later? Yeah. Like, or, or you're it could be a fun text. Me, it's a fun text. And it's, Maybe you're not sending her a dick pic right away, (laughs) but you're saying like, man, I've been thinking about you. I was just thinking about how beautiful you are and you know, how sexy your body is. Like something as simple as that can open up the door to one. It's a message to the other person that like they're feeling sexy. Yeah. They want to have some sex. Mm -hmm. I either need to get into this flow or I need to be like amazing. I haven't pooped yet today. (laughs) Let's talk about this. Later in the afternoon. Are you referring to a specific example <laughs> from our life? I just think that like ha- sometimes instead of coming out of the gate super hot with your sexual advance, it can help this certain red flag scenario yeah. by being a little more uh, proby, if yes. you will. But yeah, it, it comes back to not shaming your partner. How many yes. times have we said that? Like shame is never the answer. Yep. You're never going to have growth from shaming your partner. Yep. And if you've already done that in relationship or or you know that that's your tendency because you don't know how to respond, take a deep breath, pause, and think to yourself, this is truly an indi- uh, uh, um, an instance where you can ask, how would I want to be spoken to in this situation? And really go from there. Like you would want to be spoken to with non-judgment, with acceptance, with empathy, and and give that then to your partner. Totally. Yeah. All right. That is nine. And in close, just wrapping a few things up. Could not say it enough, but don't get hung up on the literal examples that we gave. Rather focus on the themes behind each one of these things, Mm -hmm. where they stem from. You know, sometimes it's insecurity. Sometimes it's narcissism, like we talked about. Might be religious programming. Might be a traumatic experience that they've had. Have some empathy. Take in some sympathy. Don't be afraid to to leave or don't be afraid to work on it. Yeah. Number two, no matter what the sexual tension or discomfort that actually shows up in a relationship, you know, maybe it's these red flag type moments, but asking what is the thing behind the thing and whether a deeper conversation or using something like the check-in with your partner will never, ever be a bad approach. Never, ever be a a bad idea. Take your time. Think beyond Mm -hmm. the literal that's happening in the moment and start to figure out whether or not a deeper connection, something like a check-in is warranted. 
sweeping it under the rug is never the right answer. No. Lastly, troubleshooting sex, working on your sexual connection in relationship is one of the most catalyzing opportunities for your relationship to grow and flourish. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when you want to get in the best shape of your life, like you're ready to uh, perform at a race or a competition or, or something and you're looking at the workout plan beforehand, you haven't done one workout yet, and you're like, oh my God, I'm very uncomfortable with this overwhelmed. idea. I'm very overwhelmed with this. Know that by working on sex is not like not unlike going through the real work to get to the best shape of your life. Maybe the some of the most rewarding ultimatums that you'll ever be a part of. Yes. Sex is the same way in relationships. So all of this, if it feels like tension, if it feels like discomfort, that's good feedback that on the other side of it will be a complete breakthrough and a complete transformation. And if it's not, it'll be enough feedback that you need to change the the relationship dynamic, either leave that person or find somebody new. I mean, a, a transformational change will need, to, will need to take place. No matter what, you're learning about yourself and your partner. Take all of this as growth and learning opportunities. Even if you end the the dating relationship, even if you're like, you know what, this isn't going to work out. You've at least learned something about yourself, that this is something that's a Mm -hmm. non-negotiable for you. And moving forward, I'm going to make this really clear in the next relationship that I need X, Y, Z. Or if you do move through the catalyst, you're learning (laughs) about yourself and your partner. And that paves the way that really lays the foundation for a deeper, more conscious, healthy connection and relationship with yourself and your partner, which is everything we talk about at the medicine podcast. That's all of, that's what everything we talk about revolves around is becoming more conscious and and creating a deeper life in general. Word. So good. Mm. All right. Wrapping this guy up. (laughs) Um, my love, you know what I'm going to ask? I do. What for you, my king, is the medicine for you today? Medicine for me today. I've been working all day. I've been at the laptop all day. I'm going to get out and have myself a nice crisp December stroll, watching the sun go down, getting that nice like 62 degree chill on my neck, on my face, and um, kind of decompress the work day with a nice little walk, and hopefully you'll join me. Yes, I hope I'm invited. So my medicine is a little bit of nature, a little bit of very low-intensity exercise via walking on my feet or potentially riding the bike and uh, getting outside for a minute. So that is my medicine. Love it. What for you, my love, is your medicine today? My medicine, honestly, was um, (laughs) I have to shout out my mom. Bren dog, if she's listening, I don't know if she's going to listen to the sex episode, but she listened to all of our episodes. Um, I have to shout my mom and really just, uh, seeing her transformation was medicinal for me today. Uh, she's been working really hard the last four months in this program. Mm. She's been in this group program that focuses on root cause medicine and she's been learning about the body and uh, integrative health and she's changed up her diet and she's um, just really investing in herself in learning about herself. She's 63 and 
I am so impressed with her. I am so proud of the transformation on, the a, on a cellular level that she's making. She's not just like cutting calories and, and working out extra hard. She's really making deep cellular changes by the foods that she's eating, by the movement, by mindset, by what she's choosing to put into her mind um, on an education level, like all of the things, all of the things that we talk about. My mom is doing these things at 63 and I could not be more proud of her. And y'all, I I shouted her on my Instagram today just because I'm so freaking proud of her. Um, but the the before and after pictures of her are just incredible. She wasn't like a big lady to begin with, but no. she lost 18 pounds. She gained uh, 3% uh, muscle mass, lost 6% body fat, and did it all in a really healthy and sustainable, in a sustainable way that's focused on root cause medicine and integrative health. Yeah. She, she is an <clears throat> inspiration. So, huge, huge us. shout out. Love you, mom. I hope you're listening. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I couldn't be more proud of you. So really, my mom is my medicine today. She's inspiring. And I, I hope I look like her at 63. She looks like she's 50, honestly. She's like crushing. she looks, she's a babe. Love you, mom. All right, everybody. <clears throat> Thanks for hanging in there. Yes. Let us know if you find yourself in any uh, sexual red flag situation. <laughs> we'll add it to the list. And yes. uh, take this information and apply it to your life let us know how it works yeah and um be patient with yourself this is all just learning it's all growth in this human experience we love you we're grateful for you thank you for joining us today and we will see you next time go spread some light okay bye, bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore The Medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, visit GetMimiFit.com forward slash The Medicine Cabinet, or just check the show notes below. Until next time. Cheers, boo.